Hello friend, welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that's Connor, and we are going to talk about Mr. Robot, Season 3, Episode 8, it's called Eps 3.7 underscore don't delete me dot ko. Uh, first thing you're probably wondering if you're if you come to see these videos or listen to this podcast every week is you're like, hey, this is later than usual, it is later than usual, I did put out a tweet on Thursday saying it would be the weekend, uh, basically some personal, we actually knew Connor was missing Friday's and most of Saturday. It was on a trip. That was always planned. But some personal stuff came up on Wednesday, which meant... Or, sorry, Thursday, which meant we couldn't do anything on Thursday, which meant everything Thursday planned is get pushed or deleted. Basically, just to tie it in the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that being the news. The news is still... The news is just rolled into next week, so that's not a big deal. But uh, uh, we like to try and get Mr. Robot up as quickly as we possibly can. And this week, we didn't, you know, be, you know extremely late Saturday. Uh, yeah. depending, in fact, depending on your time zone, it'll be Sunday in many places by the time this actually goes live. Uh, so apologies for that, not much we could do about it, but uh, we're, we're here now. Um, and of course, we actually would have been a few hours earlier, but Connor's internet decided to go out with the first chance he got to actually do this. Oh, I know. It's, it's, it's been a hell of a week. Oh. The universe is not on my side. Mm, and then, oh, I got because we were meant to be doing the Shield premiere right now, and then uh, there's a new Netflix show this weekend. We need to start tomorrow, and the whole thing, like, basically yeah. tomorrow night's like epic catch up night. Yeah, and... we we should have been doing the Shield premiere about four hours ago. <laughs> so yeah, so so we've just basically accepted. I mean, it's a good thing our DC shows were all done early this week. Cause it means... oh, yeah. Because it means Sunday night's free, and oh, Sunday night... Imagine if I still had to watch those. Sunday night is just complete catch-up night, and getting all these new things started and stuff that we've missed. Because uh, I think in the last Godless review, we promised the next one on Sunday night. Uh, yeah, I mean, small chance? Probably Monday now at this point. Probably Monday, is all I'm saying. Yeah, probably. So, uh, <laughs> Mr. Robot, episode 8. So we've got two left. This is the, 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 the penultimate penultimate episode. There's probably a word for it, but hey, like I say, this is late night. I am loopy. This is loopy Mr. Robot discussion, okay? So you're going to get some crazier ideas probably than normal. Yeah, Just, just yeah. because of the, the and, sense. And I'm just going to pile that. My fire alarm is beeping because it needs the battery changing, but I don't have a battery. So that's going to be annoying the hell out of me. So if you just see me just kind of occasionally just glare, it's it's I'm just hearing that. Luckily, I didn't hear it. It means it's not going to annoy the audience or me. More importantly, me. I mean, I mean, the audience course, are relatively important, but me, really important. But if if I seem to lose my train of thought somewhere, it's just I'm, <laughs> I'm getting distracted. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're gonna get into it. Uh, this. Uh, got my notes as per usual. This is a weirder one because normally I watch it and then I watch it again within a few hours and do my notes. Because this week I knew I wasn't doing it until the weekend. I left the the second watch until today to you know just. So I thought it was fresher in my mind, and I came back to it. So we'll see if that has any effect. But uh, without further ado, we'll get into this week's Mr. Robot. So uh, first up, we start with a flashback at the st- uh, movie theatre, uh, cinema, uh, in 1995. Now, you could probably roughly guess that anyway, but I know for a fact it's 1995, because I could piece it together from all the movie posters that were around the, uh, the, the theatre. <laughs> uh, I, I spotted, uh, outside of the ones they were mentioning in the dialogue, I spotted Babe... Casper and Casino, which are, are all 1995 movies. Yeah. I spotted Babe and Casper. Yeah, Casino was uh, just as we're going in, or just as he was going at the end of the scene. Uh, which it was just cool. It's nice that they stayed. They stayed. I, I do want to point out though that I believe that all of them. I'm not 100 percent on Babe, but I think so. But at least the other two, Casper and Casino, are both Universal. So much like the Night Raiders theme, 
Easy clearance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just easy to do it. It's fine. Uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, point out the the song that was playing at the start of this scene. The, the opening lyric was "These old memories." Hmm. Like I, I mean, uh, you could look at it as the implication of it's not necessarily a flashback, but more Elliot's actually thinking of the memory. Ah, oh, sure. Yeah, you could. Uh, I wasn't even reading it that deep. I just thought it was an old about a, a lyric yeah. because it, you know, we're in a flashback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so apparently they've got this thing, which I'm, I'm fairly certain we've heard about this before. I don't know if we've seen it before, but we heard about the the popcorn, the M and M's being mixed. I'm sure we've we heard definitely this. heard about it. Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't like I was. Like, oh, this is a radical idea. I was like, oh yes, I remember them bringing that up at some point. Yeah, my cinema offers this now. It's weird. Oh, you can, they mix it for you. Yeah, yeah, like you can like it's here's like a handful of things, you know, like M and M's, you know, a few, a few others. It's like and they'll just like you know they'll add it on top and mix it in. Ah, oh, so it's almost like you pick three or four things and we'll. Yeah. Throw it into the popcorn with it. Okay. It's a fine idea, I guess. I'm yeah. not opposed to the, the notion. Uh, I do want to try it now. now that I've, me, t- uh, me too. Yeah, I've uh, seen I, it. I, keep, I keep seeing it in the cinema going, maybe I should just do it. That said, that said, that, that little box of M&M's was not enough to cover the, the, the popcorn quantity of that bucket. <laughs> it's not, is it? I'm just. I'm I mean, uh, unless the point is, oh, you only get one every so often, so it's like a, a special surprise when you oh, get so, one. Oh, yeah, it's a treat, yeah. It's like, oh, oh, giddy, I got an M&M. Uh, they'll probably put in the peanut or the crispy ones instead of the, the yeah. regular. That said, I do find it weird because obviously he, he eats. You know, you kind of just grab a whole handful and shove it in your mouth. Mm. Whereas, you know, typically I'll just kind of grab a piece of popcorn and flick that in, like, like maybe one or two. I won't, I won't grab like a whole. To handful. be fair, so, so, so I mean, I'll, I'll probably grab like three bits in one go, like a bit of a small. Yeah, yeah. But um, basically, we're not savages, is what we're saying. No, eat, like... the point is, <laughs> I would really notice the M M&M. and M. Right, yeah. It wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, it, it wouldn't be... be a surprise. I'd pick it up and go, oh, that's an M&M. <laughs> I feel like people don't come to this to hear us talk about mixing popcorn and M&Ms to this extent. <laughs> Probably not. So, so uh, this is this is post the, the incident with the window, being pushed out the window. Yeah, uh, He's got a sling on his arm. So and, presumably it was recent. Yeah, recent. And his dad's obviously sick. He's, he's sicker and sicker uh, yeah. you know, in this scene specifically. But it's, I think it's the sickest we've seen him. At least, oh, from me- at least from memory, because um, seemingly this may be where he actually maybe not isn't maybe die on the scene, but this is maybe the, the start of the the trip to death. You know, maybe he's taken to the hospital and yeah, yeah, you know, presumably uh, from there. So yeah, but of course the, uh, the 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 gist of the conversation during the scene is Elliot's not really into being. He doesn't really want to be hanging out with his dad. He doesn't want to go to the movies. And his dad's like, well, you don't. Want to, well, maybe we'll see this instead. You know, he's trying to like sort of convince him. He's trying to be nice and be friendly and do something nice for him. Uh, and eventually, he's like, well, like, I did something bad. I get that, but can you ever forgive me? Like, he's basically asking for an apology for for losing his temper. Assuming it happened exactly as we we've heard it's happened. We've still not seen the event itself. Yeah, I still think part of it. You know, he's asking uh, is about the idea of are you okay? Well, you know, the fact that Elliot had to keep it a secret of mm. him being ill. So than, I think part of it might be yeah. that that he's talking about, rather than just pushing him. Yeah, yeah, which may 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 have not actually been him that pushed him. Exactly. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Elliot's like, no, I can't ever forgive you. He, he, he's he's proper. He's proper Elliot at this point in the sense that he's completely you know monotone and like. Yeah. Yeah. The kid does a good job. Yeah. He's he's not you know showing a lot of emotions. He's just you know straight faced. It's working. Uh, but of course, his his dad gets kind of upset. He's like, okay, let's just go, and that's when he starts coughing really badly. I mean, he's been coughing throughout the whole scene, but that's when he kills over. 
and you know everyone else is around like, oh you know call, call an ambulance blah 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 uh, and Elliot complete this <laughs> complete sociopath just walks in picks up his dad's jacket which he wasn't wearing he sort of had it like in his arm yeah. uh, he's missed the robot jacket and just takes that into the movie theatre and sits down uh, and then of course turns and tells someone in the chair next to him no one there of course completely empty yeah uh, shush the movie's about to start and of, of course we're like alright okay so we'd always speculated that this was not the first time he'd had an imaginary persona or friend whatever you want to call it yeah but I don't think we realised it maybe started this early like while well, before his dad had died well no because we, we, we had knowledge of uh, th- this one big previous incident where Angela and Darlene found him at the, that, that museum or whatever it was, right? Yeah. And we had speculated a lot about, oh, was, was it just at the dad but, uh, as well that time? Was it a different personality? Uh, given that we're seeing it happen just before his dad dies like this, I feel like at least this one probably isn't his dad that he's seeing. I, I would assume that, unless the only way I can think that it is, is it is his dad, but uh, an idealised, healthy version. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Uh, so it's clearly every time we get a little glimpse of some of this this backstory with Elliot and how he developed this condition uh, or started seeing these 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 people every single one just makes me realise that there's more to tell there's more to figure out yeah every out time later. you think you've kind of got it figured out it's yeah. like oh no this is completely new yeah there's more stuff here than we maybe originally uh, thought so and it's, ha- it's happened every season at least once where it's went oh no I mean obviously season one had tons of it because it was like hey he's actually Mr. Robot this whole time like, <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, but you know, even season two and three like I feel like they've added on these little bits like, okay there's more to this than maybe we'd figured out yeah. Uh, more to unravel so that's uh, good uh, so we actually get a really and this made me really nostalgic it wasn't the exact same as the one my theatre had but it was very similar this must be just a yeah. thing in the 90s where they had this <laughs> over the top animation of like popcorn buckets and things and like the the, the roller coaster yeah. kind Split of idea the hot dog. this is the thing I, again not the exact one I had but Enough that I was like, yep, I remember basically this. It's kind of funny how it's completely went away. Like, now they're all just kind of, like, simple and just a bit of text with a bit of music and just kind of, like, movie's about to begin, turn off your phone or whatever. Depending on where you go, it obviously varies, but... Yeah, yeah, same, mine's kind of like, it's, it's kind of a big, bold screen, kind of a, a low, kind of low background music, like, noise almost. Just kind yeah, of, going, hey, they're, they're, you, you, you want to go get popcorn? You got time, go get some popcorn. But they're definitely going for more of a classy, simple thing now, whereas... That's this yeah. idea where apparently every, in the 90s all the theatres had this thing where they had this over... It was almost like this was the first chance they got to like just do something in a computer and they went, oh, let's go nuts and do all this It is, stuff. and now it's like, no, oh, let's let's have some, some class. It would be a bit more refined. <laughs> I don't know, I kind of miss it. I, I kind of like... As far as movies go, I don't... Mi- and obviously movies themselves like to be restrained depending on the, the tone of the movie yeah, yeah. but when it comes to the, the coming attractions and stuff go, go nuts like, I, I mean I, I think to a degree I think part of me is like yeah this is cool because I'm nostalgic for it and it's like awesome but I think if I had to do that every time I went to a movie again like from now I think I'd get annoyed at it after about the sixth time yeah yeah I mean it only lasted about 20 seconds it wasn't I know, that I know. they're very loud and in your face yeah uh, but anyway, so yeah, so this actually transitions the episode into one of my, and well, that's one of my favourite subjects, as, as long-time uh, listeners and viewers will know. Aspect ratios. The aspect ratio changes, and obviously it goes wider, it goes cinematic, if you will, because the idea is that we, this is how we transition into it. We get this really fancy, old-school, cheesy Mr. Robot Vert logo coming onto yeah. the screen, and the screen widens, we get the black bars, and we get the cinematic sort of 2.481 ratio for the the entirety of the rest of the episode 
Yeah, it's it's almost as if you know this is young Elliot watching this episode as a movie. Yeah, and I think what's neat about that is given what, what present day Elliot's going through, it's almost like this weird introverted reflective yes. thing going on. Where yeah. you know, it's kind of like that thing where oh, if you commit a six year old you now, you, they, what would they think of you? Like, it's almost like he's doing that in his head the entire thing without ever really yeah, saying it. Yeah, kind of is. Yeah. Um, but of course, Elliot being Elliot, he's just staring blankly. <laughs> yep. Yep. But uh, yeah, so so that that's uh, opening scene. That's how we transition into the the, the main uh, sort of uh, section of the episode. So uh, we're with Elliot. We have really sort of the, the soft, uh, emotional Mister Robot kind of theme. I'm just going to call it that because I don't know what else to call it. But we've heard it before. But it's, it, it yeah, feels, yeah, yeah. feels a bit slower. Feels just a bit sadder. And actually, the first thing I want to say about this episode that I want to praise it for is that it makes Mobley and Trenton's deaths not be irrelevant. It makes them feel like they mattered and they're important. And I, Yeah, it, I, I never thought it was going to be irrelevant, but this does more with it still than I expected. Yeah, yeah I mean, I never thought, thought it was going to be throw away, but I actually love that, you know, given that Elliot and, to an extent, Darlene and Angela, but especially Elliot, were involved in what led to this. Yeah. I loved how much this is actually eating at him. How much this, well, like, I mean, this episode is ultimately about his conscience. Like, that's... yeah, the whole episode is how's this affected him? You know, the idea that he knows that he was responsible. I mean, Mister Robot, but him in, in still, and he he's aware of that. And you know, they've died for well, this. To, well, to, to quote him from this very scene in a couple of minutes, uh, even if it was him, it was me. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's, it's almost like he's starting to like think of it in a a mental condition instead of. He's kind of becoming aware yeah. that it's it's not really a separate personality. It, it plays like that, but it's kind of part of him. To tie it into computer uh, terminology, he's becoming self-aware. I was going to say he's he's, uh, he's dual partitioned. Less people are going to get that though. <laughs> what I said. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. But but mine's better. <laughs> I'm careful less people get it. The people who do I, get it will appreciate it. I, I don't know if it's better. I mean, that's debatable. But uh, yeah, so so he. So there's a couple of things we definitely see here. We see him looking at the threat in the mobile news. He's sort of like scouring all the articles on them. Uh, we see that mirror that he broke way back at the start of the season when he had the big, you know, the big uh, emoji head. Yeah. Uh, the idea that his life is kind of broken. And he, he's talking, I, I just wrote down the theme of deletion. Like he's talking about deleting things and, you know, why you get rid of things when you need to. And right from the get-go, like I'll just say it, like right from the get-go I was feeling this was suicidal. Like they just had that feeling right away. Uh, and if you weren't getting that sense uh, it at first... It kind of brings it up in a bit, more specifically. Uh, as soon as Darlene started talking up to him and was worried about him, it was like, okay, I, I get exactly what this is. He, she, she is worried about him being suicidal here. This is what this scene is. Um, but no, also, just to be symbolic, because Elliot's Elliot, the idea that, oh, he's going to commit suicide, so he's going to completely break it, you know, down his computer and like wipe it clean and make sure no one can look at yeah. anything on it. Uh, I, like, I like that just symbolically especially when it comes back into play towards the end of the episode but so, something I noticed here which I thought was really interesting is his mouse pad is still an all, all safe, safe mouse yeah pad. I noticed that as well <laughs> and I was like I think it's really interesting how often he you know we've seen how often he replaces all these things and you know it's uh, he keeps all these sort of things up to date but the mouse pad's kind of this, this throwback this reminder well I mean it's not like the mouse pad retains any data it's not, but just more the idea that he he's kind of kept it because you know, like he, he, every time he looks down, he's going to see that and it's going to remind him. Yeah, I've not used a mouse pad in over a decade. You savage! 
I mean, they're less important now, now that we're not on the stupid little balls, don't get me wrong. Yeah, as soon as I switched to a laser, I'm like, I don't need this. Be gone with you. It's still more accurate with the, with the pad, if you get a good mouse pad. Maybe I'll have to try one sometime to see if I actually concur with that 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 statement. But hey, uh, so no, so all this, and I actually, I, I, I'm just looking at my notes here. I, I actually noted down a lot of dialogue <laughs> for this scene, uh, for various reasons, it seems. So, so obviously... Darlene's worried about Angela. Presumably for the very same reason she's worried about Elliot. Like, you know, she saw what she was like, breaking down, all that kind of thing. Um, but Elliot doesn't care. He's like, he out says, I don't care. And I just, I just wrote down next to that. Her own problem. Yeah, guilt, anger. Like, you know, because she was a big part of this. She, she enacted this big plan. Uh, as we see later on with billboards and stuff, like they're calling this, uh, this the cyber... Uh, Cyber bombing. Cyber bombing. Uh, and it's like, remember the 71. Because that was 71 buildings that, that went, uh, the, the big purple ribbon. So, they, like, it, obviously it's been a few weeks, but it's become a big thing. Like, you know, it's really set into, like, you know, we're, we're not right after the incident anymore. We're, we're a few weeks removed so that, you know, we've got names for it now. We've got how people are coping with it, how they're dealing with it. We're, we're seeing, like, the, uh, the curfew. We're seeing army in the street. Like, everything's kind of, like, obviously they've ramped up security in a lot of places, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I mentioned that line, even if it was me, it was me. Uh, I love the tirade he goes on when, when she's trying to convince him, uh, you know, like, it's not all on him and all that. And he just goes into this thing where he's like, you know, like, because this is what he wanted and this is this is what I wanted. And he's like, you know, oh, look, oh, E-Corp's still okay because of E-Coin? Whoops! Didn't see that coming, did he? Like, yeah, his whole thing there, it just, it really felt like he was breaking down. Uh, and I, I really... Uh, get into that so um i, I just I, I thought his attitude was was just particularly good but uh, what i did note down here is that he's, he mentions he's tried everything to get rid of him to get rid of, rid of mr robot he's tried therapy he's tried self-help he's tried drugs he's tried you know he, he sent himself to prison <laughs> this is kind yeah, of his big he's tried just fighting you know mentally fighting yeah uh and i just wrote down next to that again already been on this suicidal theme is like well there's only one thing he's not tried yeah and obviously it'll get rid of him as well but uh, like I just, that's what I was getting from the reason. But obviously, uh, actually, I, I compared this next moment to uh, Breaking Bad a little bit. I, w- I won't say why. I don't want to spoil Breaking Bad for anyone. But uh, when, he, when he leans in and says, "I liked it," yeah, yeah okay. uh, I was getting some real Walter White vibes from that. Uh, obviously, I mean Walter White's a screwed up dude, but not as screwed up in the same way that Elliot is. <laughs> he's, he's not as complex. I'll say. No, no, definitely not. Screwed up, but a much simpler screwed up. Yeah, it's it's much easier to understand. Yeah, uh, but no, I just thought, and the scene, scene kind of ends with Elliot. Basically, like Darlene gets really upset. She sits down. He sits down next to her, puts his arm around her, and he makes all these promises. He's like, "Hey, why don't you come over tomorrow? We'll watch that. Uh, was it Careful Massacre? That stupid movie where the F Society mass comes from." And uh, sounds she, like such a such a you movie that me. Oh yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah, I don't watch it, but she, she like she she's worried. She she wants to stay over, spend the night. She wants to look after him, make sure he's okay. But he's like, no, no, no. Uh, I need time alone. But and I was like, man, this feels like such an empty promise. This oh, we'll do this tomorrow. It just felt like he was trying to get her out of the way. That's all it this did, felt yeah. like. Um, and it feels it feels like that that path of self destruction that he's on. Mm. You know, kind of like how, uh, like he's he's going sailing. But he's not actually bringing anything with him because he's not expecting to come back. It really kind of feels like that. 
Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's this yeah. idea of everything he's doing is like, okay, I'm just, I'm just kind of clearing up the pieces, you know, like the computer. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, this is, this is just for safety's sake. Yeah, he never has to confront this lie because he's not going to be here tomorrow. That's what, that's what he's thinking, at least. Yeah. Uh, so, so no, so this is not a cheery episode. I should point that out right now. So it's a very, very depressing episode. I for mean, a lot have, of it. have we had any cheery episodes in a while? I don't know. The Tyrell episode was a romantic. Uh, Tail. Oh yeah. Okay. I suppose that was the the least bad. Hey, and I'll say this: the ending of this episode was like really uplifting. <laughs> it was. It was. So you know, it's not all bad yeah. and gloom. I think after the, the 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 turmoil of the last like three episodes, which were all tension, tension, tension. Oh god, terrorist attack. We needed an. I think and that's the other thing I'd say about this episode is we needed a one that was slower, one that slowed down and was like, no, no, here. Let's breathe. Yeah. Let's find out where Elliot is, because we went almost the whole episode last week without Elliot. So now this week it's not Elliot; it's a star. He's like in every single goddamn scene. I think it. I think it's really fascinating that we don't see anything from you know the FBI. Uh, you know, we don't see how Dom's still pursuing anything. We see nothing except Elliot. Yeah, and people he interacts with when he well, does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so in that way, it almost like a, I felt like a throwback episode. It felt like a, a season one episode. It, it, it's kind of been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, since we just had that. Which is not a complaint, honestly. All the characters at this point are so fascinating. I, I never feel like, oh, why are we with Andor? Why are we with Darlene? Like yeah, they're, yeah. they're all great now, so like, whatever. But yeah, so uh, and again, the idea he's cleaning things up before he before he departs, if you will, before he deletes, uh, giving the dog to the neighbor. Uh, and you even get the sense that he's been doing this a lot recently because the neighbor's got food there. He's already got his favorite toy. Yeah, it it, it tells about how you know, he's kind of just been dog sitting whenever he's yeah. going to be away for the weekend, busy. But you know, again, this is the idea. He's like, yeah, I'll come back from tomorrow. And then we encounter a very charming individual by the name of Hard Andy. Yes, yes. So, so some really inventive names for the the criminals on on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a drug dealer. Uh, Elliot's there for morphine, which we've not seen, again. We've not seen him take that in a long time. <laughs> No, it's true. I saw it in the previously, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that that was a thing for like it was a big thing in season one." Yeah. Um, so what, is he just going to go back on that? Because I was because when I saw that in the previously, I was like, I don't know if I feel him just getting addicted again. But obviously, it becomes clear in this scene that this is not about just no. fix. I, I mean, I was okay with the idea in general. The idea of you know because morphine it's, it's to numb numb yourself, and, mm. and the idea once it became clear that this episode was about you know dealing with that guilt, I thought, okay, he just doesn't want to deal with it. Just go numb. Now, of course, uh, the deal is very suspicious when Elliot wants to buy the whole bag. Uh, makes him strip down. I thought this was a very degrading scene for Elliot, but it showed how desperate he was, how much he was just ready to be done. Because he's yeah. like, yeah, he just... Because he, he looks uncomfortable the entire time, but he never, like, really fights it. He just kind of... I think part of that as well is that he's like, yeah, okay, the, 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 the drug dealer is probably right to be suspicious when mm. someone comes trying to buy the whole bag. Because the drug dealer even figures it out. If you're, if you're not working for the cops... If you're not some idiot who's trying to resell it on my turf, then there's only one other option, really, is you're trying to kill yourself. Like, he, yeah. he calls it. Uh, but one of, the, one of the things he comes up he comes up to him and says, he, he's, he's, he makes a sort of pass at him, but the way he phrases it, I thought was very interesting. He, he says, a cute little boy like you, which, first of all, very creepy when you're implying you want to have sex with him. Secondly, uh, I thought this was very interesting because we started the episode where he was a little boy. Mm. It was almost like... Uh, 
for for a second, like for right now, he feels like that little boy again. Even, yeah, he's kind of reverted to that point. Yeah, even though the drug dealer doesn't know that, but it just the, the fact that he says it just it made me think of the, the fact that we started with him as a kid. I, I think emotionally he has because you know we we talked about how in that opening he's very cold, he's full mm. sociopath. You know, his dad drops potentially dead, and he just kind of grabs the jacket yeah. and walks off. But no, uh, so uh, that's that scene. So. Uh, then his final business, so because there's a scene where we know he was going to kill himself, right? Which is coming up, and he's, the two final things he does before he's going to do that is he goes to both Mobley and Trenton's uh, families. He goes to yeah. Mobley's brothers first. Just sorry, I'm just looking at my notes. I realize we oh. have overlooked a scene here between the the dog and the the morphine. Uh, oh, is this uh, uh, thrown the, out the, the jacket? Uh, yeah, clothes. yeah, you're right. My bad. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Get back on your notes a second if you if you want to check those. Did write, oh, did I write that down? I think I did. Uh, oh yeah, I, I just had it next to the dog thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Mr. Robot Jacket deleting clothes. He's getting rid of all that again. Very symbolic. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. <laughs> no, again, yeah. but it's, it's this idea of that was the one thing he did take in that moment in the flashback. Yeah, so he's you know, given that he, up he was he was clinging on to that personality, which again, maybe does lend some credence to the idea that the imaginary friend was some version of his dad. Yeah, maybe. They was like, no, this jacket's for him. Yeah, maybe that that, that time in the theatre was the first time he ever did it. Or the first time he ever spoke to someone. Oh, it could be, yeah. Yeah, that was a start. I, I wonder it. if, you know, we're saying how he's really cold and sociopathic. Maybe he kind of just doesn't process it and doesn't realise quite what's happening because he sees this version of his dad come into the cinema with him and doesn't yeah. really understand what's happening. Maybe it's hard to say. Uh, so he goes to Mobley's uh, brother, and he. This is where we see the effect that the, the, this dark army plot has had on like the family members of of these of these people. We we see that he believes the news. He's like, "Oh, my brother's a terrorist. I'm not giving him a funeral." Like he's he's, he's like angry about it. He's, he's he's dismissive. He just believes it. He's like, "Oh yeah, my brother was always a loser. No wonder he got he's he got, got into this kind of thing." Uh, you know, he he just believes it. Uh, and Elliot, he's very selfish. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna, get, I might get fired because of this guy. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Elliot tries to say, no, he wouldn't do this. It's a lie. He, he was a good, good person. I, I do love the idea that the final thing he wanted to do before he went off himself was try and make some kind of peace with their family members and actually try and let them know that no, this wasn't who he was. Yeah, it's, it's again, it's this guilt, and he knows that it's his fault, so he's trying to restore their good names. Yeah. Um, so obviously he, he believes every word of it. Uh, it's between it's when he's walking to Trenton's we see the billboards and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, Trenton's family's a little bit different though. Uh, they're, they're moving house. Uh, you get you know from his from from our father we we hear that oh no like life's hard here. Their windows are getting you know hit. Uh, they're being harassed, and he's like okay, there's nothing left for us here. We have to leave. But as much as he's very obviously standoffish with Elliot, he does actually accept what he says a lot more than uh, Mobley's brother did. Because he, he even thanks him at the end of the scene, hey, thank you for saying nice things about my daughter. He, he yeah. wants to believe that she's not responsible for any of this stuff. Yeah, with this one, it's, like you say, standoffish, but it's more a matter of just, he's just so expectant of, you know, Harassment. people coming up and, you know, holding yeah. abuse at him because of all this. Like, you, you, like you say, you know, the reason they're moving is they've just kind of, this is such a, a common thing at the moment. So he's just expecting more. So it's a, a surprise to him. Yeah, and I, I think it's also a nice little touch here that the, the brother was an asshole, but this father was a good, strong father figure here where, and it just, just cause especially since with Elliot, the father, his father's a big, such a big theme uh, in everything yeah. the, the show is. Uh, we start with the, his father dying, but we see here that the father of this girl is the one who believes that no, she was 
innocent. I don't believe what they're telling me about her. I know who my daughter was. Yeah. Uh, so if, if we're going to tie into even like further back guilt, the idea that he didn't like give his father a chance, you know, yeah. you could tie that in here as well uh, to that. So I, I really like that. Um, but no, uh, I, again, I just want to see how much I love that how it's treating their deaths like this, where it's like, no, no, this this is important. It means something. We're going to spend an episode dealing with the personal consequence of it. I think I think it says a lot that it's their deaths that leads Elliot to become suicidal. Like you know everything else that he's been through and we've never got this impression that he's ever been like this before do you know what i think it is? i think it's, it's, it's as simple as he knows they're good people I, I exactly think, yeah. i think the other people who have been hurt maybe haven't been the worst people ever but i i think with trenton and mobley especially trenton because because mobley does come off that did come across <laughs> a bit of a dick a lot of the time but trenton always felt very quiet and like she was she was always a very smart person who seem to want the best, have the best intentions you, for things. Do you know what, something that's interesting, I think it is, you know, we always talk about how when you kill, like, a, a faceless mass of people on yeah. a TV show or movie, we don't really feel the impact. It's like, yeah, okay, we get it, a lot of people just die, but we don't really have that same connection. But then when you show us someone who we do care about die, it matters. And this is kind of the same thing for Elliot. And- that, that 71 buildings, he kind of maybe would have just about struggled through. But then... Oh yeah, it affected them, of course. But yeah, it's not quite the same. And I think, in addition to the fact that Mobley and Trenton have died, and he knew them, and he knew they were good people, is the fact that they've now been, you know, publicly they're being treated as terrorists. Like the, yeah. the, their reputation, their legacy has been completely obliterated right, by this news. Exactly. And it, it's uh, the idea. It's like, oh, okay, no, no. Now it's it's personal. Now it's people he cares about, not just this faceless crowd. Yeah. They've poisoned the memory, and they've poisoned it with the thing that he's more responsible for. He's not entirely responsible. We know the Dark Army and White Rose are the real. Yeah, and he, he was trying his best to stop it, yeah. but he's still. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think part of it as well is you know just the the whole idea originally going back to the the five nine. All of that was kind of his idea to start with. Sure, but uh, you know, like what part of like White Rose's plan after that was already kind of part of a plan anyway. And right, what part right. Was, but uh, like, but yeah. how much is he thinking that, and how much is he going? Oh, I, I started this. I completely get why he feels guilty about it. Like, yeah. obviously, from an outsider's perspective, we look at it logically and go, "No, no, but this and this and that person's more yeah, responsible." Yeah, he's for just this. going, "No, I started this. This is my fault." Yeah, you, you get why he feels that way. You absolutely do. So we go to the beach. We go to Coney Island for. You know the apparent, and this is, this is actually the first time in the episode where, because because of the aspect ratio change, one of the things I was noticing was how they were handling the headroom. Because obviously there's less height. I mean, yeah. arguably there's more width than less height, but depending on how you frame it, uh, like it is, it is different. The way the way you frame the, the the person is different. And normally you have a, a very straight rule of thirds where you always want the eye line to be kind of where we've got it for our cameras for me, right? But Mister Robot, of course, uh, likes to have kind of this, right? So that's not even, it's not quite the lower third either, right? So you have this weird thing where how do you like, translate, that. translate that into, except unless you just go wider and you don't really account for it, but then you feel like I'm really small in the frame. So also I love that I got to uh, show an example of my camera. Obviously the audio people got none of that. I apologize. <laughs> but uh, for the video people, you got a nice demonstration. Uh, so I was sort of noticing like, how they're handling that, how, how's Esmail using that, um, and up until this point, I don't really feel like I'd felt like a a great use of the framing. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Like it wasn't like bothering me. It wasn't like a detractor. But it wasn't until I was sitting in that beach where I felt, oh god, they're using it now. Like this is this big yeah. wide cinematic shot of like the empty beach, just it, him. It's the first time that he, f- like you know, you m- just mentioned how if you don't account for that, you feel small in the frame. Yeah. 
this is the first time Elliot felt small in this episode. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's tiny in the frame, but it's a gorgeous shot. You've got the horizon line going across the whole way. Uh, this is what the wide frame is built for, was sh- stuff yeah. like this, where you get the big thing. This, this, is, this is why Godless on Netflix is filmed in this ratio, because it's a western and you have those big wide open deserts and forests and whatever, but all of it looks great in this frame. Uh, and that's kind of what this is here. Um, and, you know, he pulls out his, 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 uh, his morphine, his big bag of morphine, like, you know, big chunky morphine tablets that he's just going to down, apparently. Uh, which, I mean, would do the trick, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I imagine um, that was pl- that's plenty. Uh, I imagine, like, a Half quarter of that at yeah. most. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, uh, I, I, I don't know how much morphine you, you need, takes, but not, yeah. not that much, I'm fairly confident. I'm fairly confident that's enough to put down, like, an elephant, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, was a lot of morphine. It was a lot of morphine. Uh, it's morphine time. So, oh, God. that was great. I'm sorry, that was atrocious. Hey, it's not often I get to I get to reference the the hit children's television show, The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, on this. Yeah. I took my chance. Took my shot. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> oh, can you tell us late, folks? Oh yeah. yeah. So he's on the beach. Um. Uh, it's funny because so, so so Trenton's little brother shows up. Uh, the funny thing is that my first thought was he's not there. This is this is all I, he I said. Did, even for quite a while, I was still like, is he there? It, it, it wasn't really until they got to the theater that later on that I was kind of convinced. Okay, he's actually just there. Uh, yeah, yeah. For a long time, I was like, he doesn't need to be here for definite. Yeah. I, I really thought it was just in his head, and this was a kind of sort of like just just like how he needs Mister Robot for certain occasions. This was an occasion where he needed the opposite. He needed someone who was younger and smaller. I agree. I I felt like it was almost like a, a stand-in for his his own young yeah. self. Uh, but it's, I mean, it still is thematically. It's just not. It is. Him yeah, doing yeah, but it, I thought yeah. you know, like more directly in his head. But because I actually wrote down the, the first thing I wrote down here uh, in my notes for when he showed up was childhood of Christmas past. <laughs> that's what that's what I wrote. Uh, it's not Christmas, I, I just course, put but... young Elliot dot because it's what it was. A dot, like you mean full stop or period? Well, yeah, but who calls it a dot? That, that I just it, it dot just seemed to flow better in that sentence. <laughs> All right, <laughs> um, yeah, but interesting things here. So Elliot's like, "Hey, go back home. You don't need to be here." and and again, it feels like he's his, his, his weird little conscience because he's noticing the bag of pills and you're like, oh, that's a lot of pills. He's sick. He's like, yeah, I'm sick. Well, go away. Go, go home. And he keeps saying, oh, I don't know how. He's like, well, how did you get here? He's like, I don't know. I just followed you. I don't know how to get home. So like, take the train. I don't know how. And actually, I was sort of thinking about this and I was like, this whole idea of not being able to go home again, not being able to reverse what he's just done, thinking about 5-9, thinking about everything Elliot's done, the idea that he can't just go back. He can't just, yeah. you know, go back the way and fix it that way. Uh, he has to keep moving forward. Um, so I, I was getting like that from this and just representing Elliot's mistakes. Mm. But, yeah. So, but anyway, he eventually gets frustrated, gets up and takes him back home. Yes. And no one's home. The parents aren't there. So, something small, interesting little thing. The uh-huh. only time in the episode that this happens, as he knocks on the door, you hear the distortion that we typically, you know, that we've been hearing for the last few episodes. I did, with... not, I did not notice that. That's interesting. Yeah. And I, I wonder if that's the idea of, you know, this is Elliot being kind of that, that father figure at this point. He's kind of he's he's kind of switched roles into yeah. that without uh, noticing. Yeah, there was a little bit on the way to the house as well, um, where the, the the kid's bragging that he can take his shoe off 
Because standing he, up. Yeah, yeah when, he, when he goes to the mosque, and he, he joked that Trenton used to always trip over when she was trying to put her shoe back on or whatever. And he said, oh, I can take it off and put it back on without falling. And of course, Elliot's just fresh. He's like... He does that thing. He's like, do you want to see it? And it's like, no. And he does it anyway. It's like, <laughs> he's like, that's awesome. Yeah. Can you do it? Probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I like dealing with kids. One word answers. Just, just, just shut up. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm fully on his side with this one, but he, he, they can't get in the house, right? The door, the door's locked, and no one's answering. And he's, and the kids like, oh, I mean, my parents probably went to my uncle's, and he's like, oh, but where? And he's like, he's like somewhere in Connecticut. And he's like, Connecticut? That's that's two hours away. He's like, yeah, so we should, yeah, I should go and see a movie. Because he also, by the way, I, I did note down just for my own amusement. He's asking him like that annoying kid. He's like, oh, do you like TV? Do you like this? Do you like that? And he says, do you like Wii U? And I'm like, kid, no one likes Wii U. <laughs> you know, I always forget. Well, occasionally I forget what year this is set in. Oh, that's just, coming just, up. I've got yeah, a lot I, of comments I, I, about the year I, I in a know, minute. I know. I know. Every so often I forget, and then they'll just reference something. And then, you know, when he said Wii U, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we're still a couple of years ago. <laughs> no, no, like, no even in 2015, that. that was on its dying legs, though. Remember? It, that was limping along for a long time before we I'm, got the I'm uh, not Switch. sure it was ever really born. <laughs> <laughs> it's an abortion survivor. Yeah, it was. It was in yeah, the um, the the incubation chamber things. I can't ah, think of yeah. it. Was. it was just in one of those. Its whole life. An iron lung. Is that, is that, what, is that what you mean? No, no. You no, know the no, ones no. in the hospital where they you put them in the little you know, the, the the little ah, right, okay, yeah. that, that keep them warm and stuff. Aye, aye. It, it, it never quite uh, survived. It never never yeah. quite lived. It never got out of the hospital, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, uh, so the kid's like, oh, I never beat the movies. Parents say it's too expensive. And obviously, like, we started with Elliot as a kid at the movies. Um, and he didn't want to go there then. And he doesn't want to go there now as an adult. But the kid's like, oh, well, we're going to be like two hours. Might as well just go and see a movie. And Elliot's like, are you lying to me just so I'll take you to a movie? No. And he just, you know that he's thinking, he's like, this little shit's lying to me. And we find out later, he is lying, he's got a key. <laughs> Not necessarily lying, because he goes, are you lying that they're, that they're two hours away? Okay, so sure, but so there's deceit happening. He's truthful in that moment. You are the asshole would argue this kid's in the right here. You are oh, the asshole... Okay. Kid's still a dick, don't be wrong. I'm not, I'm not disputing that, I'm just saying, in this one moment, he gets himself off on a technicality. <laughs> but the, so the final line of the scene is Elliot says, only if there's something good playing, and then it cuts... what, what it was going to be. Actually, the first thing that happens is that Mr. Sandman starts playing in the, in the music. Mr. Sandman, give me a dream, which was used in Back to the Future. And it cuts to the, 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 the movie board, and it's just Back to the Future... Back to the Future 2, <laughs> Back to the Future 3, which made me cackle with laughter. Yeah. Because uh, it was I, all I three. I what it was going to be, though, because it's, you know, like, what's the what's the one movie that Elliot would be like, oh, yeah, let's Honestly, be watching that. it never clicked for me what it was going to be. I laughed out loud when I saw the, the names. And then when he brought, and I was like, oh, that's convenient that they're out in the cinema this day. And then I was, I just sort of, like, shrugged it off, like, whatever. And then, like, 20 seconds later, he explained why they're in theatres. And I went, holy shit, Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I swear you said in 2015. They came back to theatres because it was the day Marty came to the future in Back to the Future Part 2. This was a thing. Yeah, this this happened everywhere. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, my fa- tons of people at the theatre are dressed in costume because they're, they're see Back to the Future. My favourite costume out of all of them was there was a girl dressed as the shark from Jaws 19 uh, from Back to the Future Part 2. Just 
uh, that amused me. There was a lot of inventive costumes actually. There was various Lorraines, there was various Marty's, various Docs, with different you know parts of the movies. Oh, it was, yeah. it was, it was fun stuff. Uh, but no, I, I was like, oh man, this is this is like this is a great touch. That this is, happens to be that day. I like the idea that in the day Elliot might commit suicide, like it happens to be the day that Marty went to the future and Back to the Future Part Two. That yeah, that is beautiful and, and- to me. Elliot even mentions that you know he he's been waiting you know most of his life to see this movie since he was this a kid day. that was the line since he was since he was your age or whatever it was he said yeah yeah uh, yeah it's been so long he's been waiting for this and this was the day he was going to give up and now it's like oh, but here's this thing you've been waiting for and and, and he's, yeah he's see, made it he somehow made uh, it here uh, but you can see he can take it either way it's like well this is one last thing you know yeah. I'm here I made it to this point this is all I wanted alternatively it'd be like oh maybe this is you know getting here is a reason to stick around what's the next thing that i can get that i always wanted yeah uh but he's so yeah it's like and obviously kids like oh let's go see the martian he's like yeah the martian looks like shit we're actually back to the future part <laughs> yeah look I'm not, I'm not saying it's the best movie ever but martian's pretty good oh, i like the martian uh i, I, I you're wrong on this one I, I do wonder if esbiel has a particular beef with the martian or if it's just a simple case of elliot i don't care what the other movie is we're seeing back to the future too <laughs> It could be that. Could be movie. that. So, yeah, uh, but there was a lot of dialogue here. Um, this was the twenty first of October, twenty fifteen, for the record. Uh, just, just to just to be specific about that. Um, once again, he gets the popcorn, the M and M's, and mixes it, and convinces the, uh, the the brother that this is the this is the best way to eat popcorn. And the brother tries it and is, agrees. And maybe I'm just I'm, I'm I'm going too far with this, but I. I was just wondering, does this represent like the mixing of different things and like the, the idea of, you know, I mean, whether it's Elliot's two mixed personalities that, you know, contradict each other? No, I, you know, to go back to when I was just saying how I heard the distortion on the yeah. door and Elliot was kind of becoming the father figure and, you know, it was it was taking aspects of yeah. Mr. Robot. Yeah, is, is this the idea of what we're seeing now going forward might not be just Elliot. We might actually get to see a mixture of the two kind of working at once. Yeah, they might fuse and become Elliot Prime. Sure. What else am I going to call it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing it. Yeah. Uh, so I actually wrote down a lot of dialogue for this next bit because it was a conversation between a couple of randomers with Elliot that I thought mm. was particularly notable and how meta it was. It felt like Sam Esmail was intentionally making fun of us. Yes. So basically Elliot's trying to explain to the little brat you know, what Back to the Future 2 is, and he says, it's about going to the future to change the past, then coming back to an alternate present. And then this douchebag in front, I like how he says, no, no, it's way heavier than that. Like, he's been Marty. He says, this is heavy. Not that Connor remembers that line from the movie because he he doesn't like it that much. I don't dislike it. I think it's a very good movie. You're in your mid-twenties and you've seen it once. I'm not sure I need to see it anymore, though. I've seen it dozens of times. T- twice at the theatre, might I add. Look, it's very good. I just... I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I, did just, maybe I just saw it too late. What, what do you want me to say? It's fine. We'll get a time machine and go back and <laughs> see it in Grinch. Tell your little ginger self that stop being a prick. Watch some proper movies. Yeah, but I just watched Star Wars on repeat, so I'm good. I've seen Back to the Future way more times than any Star Wars movie. Anyway, uh... So then this, this guy sort of jumps in and he says, 
No, no, you can't go into the future to change the past. It's way heavier than that. He goes to the future to change the future, but that allows Biff to change the past, which changes the future again. So if we're going to correlate that to the show specifically, Biff is White Rose. Yes. Right? Biff is White Rose, and, and that, that, that loose analogy. But then this woman behind him says, no, 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 no. It's much simpler than that. It's about how one mistake can change the world. And that's, I'm just, I just I saw, I looked at the screen and went, Right, Esmail, I get you're making fun of us for all these weird theories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one lot blaming White Rose, and this one's essentially saying, okay, no, it's Elliot's fault. I don't want to say fault, but you know his mistake. Oh, I was going to even. I was even just talking about all the crazy time travel yeah, and alternate yeah. reality theories. Uh, yeah, yeah. And this one's just like, nah, nah. It's, it's way simpler. Yeah, it's just one mistake can change the world. It's that simple. Uh, yeah. Of course, the I, themes... I, wonder, I wonder if the, if the reality is Elliot's, you know, because he's the middle ground of, mm. you know, okay, there's there's some things that is complicated, but it's not really just simple. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think I think that works. I, I think I, we keep saying this, but even if there is no literal alternate realities or time travel of any kind, I mean, Zhang's building something, but what it is, you know, whatever. But like at the very least, thematically, all of this stuff is absolutely relevant. It um, is. So, so they're going in. There's a little dig at Rotten Tomatoes on the way in because the kids try to convince him to go see the Martian. He's like, it's got ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And he's like, well, that's because critics have shit taste. <laughs> yes. Elliot's really bitter about this movie. He is. He's, he's really bitter. And, but... and this is a movie he hasn't even seen. He's just like, yeah, it looks shit. It's like, come on, give it a chance. I, 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 wonder if, I wonder if that is something, though. He's, he's kind of judging it on just having... He, he's kind of doing this, you know, all, the kid's not seen it either, but he's really excited based on Rotten Tomatoes. He's like, oh, yeah, look, everyone's saying it's great. It must be great. But Elliot's like, no, nah, I've seen enough. I don't care. And I wonder if there's this this commentary of you've got to judge it for yourself and make your own decision. No, yeah, well, it's not like Elliot's doing that either. I mean, <laughs> no, no, that, that's my point. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe but I feel like wrong. I feel like you need to have an example that's doing the right thing to really hit that message home. I don't know. I feel like the idea of oh no no these are both the two extremes because they're both on opposite sides. They're wrong. So you've got to be somewhere in the middle. And but maybe my middle that I've just given there isn't the exact middle that someone else might think but i feel like it's just meant to be a funny joke but i mean maybe i don't know because he really doesn't like the, the sound of this movie <laughs> yeah but that's thinking rotten tomatoes just kind of feel like uh all these young shits who just look at rotten tomatoes scores and say oh it's 90 something percent it must be good let's go see it it's like yeah, shut yeah. up i mean rotten tomatoes is very useful that said that whole delaying the score of justice league to make, make an announcement out of it pissed Ooh, me off boy, that was bullshit that, that was just complete that was nonsense. bullshit to the max so they're in the theater. Uh, there's a Doc Brown sitting next to him, <laughs> who says, "Hey, can you hold my popcorn? I need to clean my my fancy future glasses." Uh, no, it was his flux capacitor he wanted to hold. Oh, it's just wait. I think I think I didn't remember, so I just put in something that was normal to ask someone <laughs> to hold at the theater. And of course, no, it was a giant flux capacitor. Quite right. Yeah, because yeah, Elliot right. looks down. He's like, "Why the hell am I holding this?" I mean, hell, you could even relate this to like here. This is White Rose saying here be involved in my time travel plot whilst I get a clearer look at my plans and then yeah, taking yeah, it back yeah. off, of, off of them. I don't know. Maybe I'm stretching there. But he clears his, his, his future space goggle things and I just thought, like, okay, so he's uh, getting a clearer vision of what's going on. Now, I want to point out, during this whole scene, we're actually getting footage of Back to the Future 2. We're actually seeing parts of the movie. Um, and I thought this scene that we were watching in the movie it was, again, notable and had a point to it. Right? Okay. <laughs> because, first of all, it's them arriving in the future, 
right? Which, again, for Elliot, it almost feels like he has time-travelled from the kid in the cinema to present day. Because that, that yeah. thing where he's like, oh, shit, it's that day. I've been waiting for this my whole life. He has actually time-travelled. So I think that's very important. And then two, I think the, the dialogue in the scene, the, the scene that we hear, all of the dialogue is about how you shouldn't know too much about your own future. Yes. All yeah. of it is. Because uh, Marty's like, oh, am I rich? Am I a rock star? Am I this? And Doc's like, no, 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 you can't know too much about your own future. Uh, I think I think the, the, the choice of scene was very important. He didn't just go, oh, let's pick a, a random scene. He, no, he said no. Of course not. Thematically, this is the one that's hitting what I'm saying in this scene. Um, and the kid disappears. He's, he's, you know, Elliot was too engrossed in the movie, the kid just kind of vanished. And obviously, at this point, I'm thinking, oh, was he kind of fake? But then, of course, he gets outside and the usher's like, no, 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 he, he was there, he bailed. Yeah, that was the moment I was like, yeah. okay, he was real. Because, right. again, up till that point, I was like, okay, I don't know why there's an empty seat next to Elliot, but I can find a way, I, I, I can explain it somehow. And he, rem- he figures out where he goes because he sees a, a Lorraine from uh, the alternate 1985 uh, and a dress struggling with her high heels and he's like ah wait a minute <laughs> he's went to he's went to his mosque because it's shoes uh which is a fun way of doing it uh but yes yeah, so, so then, then we get a kind of a weird scene where this ice cream he, he runs out into the road and this ice cream truck kind of stops for him and it's a really friendly man yeah who's like hey try me i might be able to help whatever's bothering you um and maybe it's just as simple as he recognises that he was running onto, onto the road without caring that maybe he should help him. It could be that simple. Okay. Uh, but, you know, obviously we like to read into things and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, so so he, he's like... Because Elliot's like, oh, I'm looking for a mosque near near a park. Because he's not sure exactly what it is. He just knows it was near there. Yeah, near, near, a, near a playground in a park. Yeah. And he's like... And, you know, the guy's like, oh, is it this one, this one, or this one? And he's like, uh... He's like, okay, we'll figure it out, hop in. And I'm like, okay, this guy's been really nice. Like, and it, obviously, I, I think, the just from a thematic point of view, it's the idea that right now, Elliot needs human kindness. Like, that, yeah, he's, he's this is who's exactly just, what he needs to, yeah. to keep going. The, the, the realisation that not everyone is awful. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, worth mentioning as well is that the, the, the ice cream man is playing the radio play of War of the Worlds. Uh, mm. on his radio and you know they have a little again the idea of the optimism where he's like oh yeah it's not, it's not the end of the world by the end of the story the humans you know they, they prevail they, they, they survive they win uh, what I did note down though was uh, one of the last things you hear from the War of the Worlds play the line of dialogue uh, life has no continuity with the present hmm very interesting hmm uh, again if we're going back to this idea that uh, Elliot kind of in his head at the very least time travelled because like even if it's just as simple as part of him went away on that day his dad died but that part returned today that part kind of time travelled in a thematic sense I mean even on a, a more just a regular occurrence in this show you could argue every time that he vanishes and Mr. Oh, Robot yeah. takes over for a few days and then he comes back he time travels because he's like okay what's changed what's different this time oh yeah sure absolutely um so just that line, life has no continuity with the present. It's just that I really, I think it's poking at that idea. Yeah, and of course the, the the actual guy telling him about you know it's all about that that optimism, the hope in the end is you know yeah. this big thing I think for Elliot right now. It's like okay, you know, keep going, you get through the get through all the shit, and it's it's better after. So he he gets to the mosque and the kid's there on his own, and he comes in and there's there's a, there's a bit of back and forth about why did you leave or it was boring you didn't, you didn't want to be there that, that was his main reason though. you didn't really want to be there so like 
it, yeah. it felt like a burden, so he just he kind of ran away. He didn't feel wanted. Yeah. Which I imagine this is something the kids feel in a lot of right now, given you know, what his sister's been accused of. Everyone feels like, you know, every, everyone's making this family feel like they're not wanted. Uh, I mean, even within his family, he mentions how his parents don't even really notice when he's not around, because they're yeah. kind of caught up with everything at the minute. Yeah. Um, and there's a little bit where he, like, he's like, no, you're not, not allowed your, your shoes on in here. Uh, and he's like, so Elliot goes over to the back over to the, the little entrance, and he's like, I'm not going to fall when I put them back on. And he's like, we'll yeah. see. And I almost did that again, a little thematic thing where, you know, if he does go back home, if he does find his way back to wanting to live, he won't stumble. Like, he will, like... Yeah. Uh, just it's it's that thing. confidence of, no, I can do this. It's kind of, this is where you start to see that, that okay, that's coming through at some point. But but of course, here, we we finally get kind of the, the actual admission of what he was going to do. The kid maybe doesn't realise that this is an admission, but we do. Uh, the kid's like, oh, I hate you, you're this, you're that, you know, I wish you were dead, and then Elliot just shouts out, so do I. Yeah. And it's a really dark moment, I mean, I just, that's just, Rami Malek's acting in this, this episode is, this is Emmy-worthy, this is, because this is, obviously yeah. actors have to submit an episode uh, for, for the Emmy, for the acting awards, this is the one, I mean, unless, I mean, maybe 9 and 10 will yeah, blow yeah, me away we, we don't more. know that for sure yet, but because they could. So far, this is the one he hands in. This is the one yeah. he says, no, this is why I want the, the award. Uh, or, the, or the producers pick that choice. I don't know who makes the choice, but this is the one that gets Someone picked. Someone make this one, yeah. yeah. Um, so no, uh, f- 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 yeah, fantastic moment. Uh, but the kid blames himself. The kid's like, oh, this is kind of all my fault. I drove her away, blah, blah, blah. And Elliot basically just kind of, he doesn't admit what he did exactly, but he's like, no, it's not her fault, it's my fault. Don't you blame yourself, don't you blame her, don't you blame your family, don't you blame anyone else but me. It's me. So the idea he wants this guilt on his shoulders. He doesn't want it to affect him because that's the big thing. He's found out how it affected Mobley's brother. How, it's, how Trent's family's having to move from their home because of this. He's like, no, don't you dare feel guilt over this. This is me. This is on me. Yeah. And and again, else. to go back to this this idea of guilt that he's been having, he's kind of got away with it. Which I think that's yeah. why that's why he feels so suicidal. He's like, no, they're being punished. I should be as well. Yeah, but basically because of what happened, him and Darlene are just off the hook. Uh, which is why I think either they're going to go to Dom for help at one point, or Dom's going to come to them with like, "All right, what are you cooking up?" Like, yeah, yeah, because this idea, well, we're not going to prosecute you now because, yeah, as far as the world's concerned, we've got our guys. Yeah, which is which is why I think ultimately it's like you know Dom will realize that he's up to something and then ask or or find out what it is and then be like, "I want in this because damn, like we're going to take this asshole down. We're going to take the dark army down for yeah. what they've done." Um. So no, and obviously uh, at this point we're still in a place of like kind of hopelessness because how do you do that? How do we do that? There's no hope of actually achieving any of this. Like right now, it's just a kind of about a fight for wanting to live, if anything. And that's not just him. It's like from what it sounds like, Angela is also in a in a bad place, maybe suicidal. Uh, we've not seen her yet, of course. To see that Darlene is arguably coping a little bit better because she doesn't seem to be suicidal herself, but she's definitely not in a great place and she's mortified of what Elliot might do. So Yeah, she's the one trying to prop everyone up at the minute. Yeah. And that's that might crush her at some point. It might. It might. I'm not I'm not looking forward to that. Um but yeah, so so yeah. Actually I just I just had more notes on that show thing. I said Elliot's off right now in general. Uh <laughs> like, you know, just the idea that his shoes have been off for a long time now. And so, okay. just, just metaphorically, I mean, I'm, I'm just adding more bullshit to the fire for no reason there. But uh, so, so the kid has this little thing. You know, Elliot sits down next to him, and the kid tells him, like, "Hey, I'm the first person in my family who could be president." And he's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Well, Trenton couldn't be because she wasn't born here, and obviously my parents couldn't be." 
Um, but I was born here. Like I, I could be president. Isn't that cool? It's like, yeah, I guess that's pretty cool. Um, now, obviously, I think the first thing I, I, I would read from that is just again this idea of hope. Like the future could be okay. Yeah, it's 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 kind of the, the American dream. You know, you you do it, you can better yourself. You can you can rise to be president. Yeah. Anyone can. The idea that his sister could only do so much, and obviously it got to her a very bad place, but she tried to change the world, but the idea is that he could theoretically, I mean, the chances of him doing it are very slim, of course, but he could theoretically actually legitimately change the world in the sort of proper channels. Yeah. You know, like he, 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 he technically has that, that path open. I also love when he says, oh, c- could you be present? Nah, probably not. Why, were you not born here? No, I was born here. I just, <laughs> I just, just did a lot of shitty things. <laughs> it's not happening <laughs> Um, yeah, but of course he asks. Uh, oh, so where were you born? And because they're both from New Jersey, and he's like, "Oh, Trenton." And I'm like, "Oh man, that's why yeah. she was called that because that's yeah. where they, they they first moved and arrived when they, they got here." And I'm like, oh man, that's. Yeah. Know, it's it's it, she she you know the the whole idea is she's getting blamed right now for all the the links to Iran, and it's the idea that her name was, uh, you know, her really taking on her American identity as much as she could idea is like no this is where i'm yeah. from this is who i am it was, it was just it was a little tuck at the heartstring it was a really nice little touch to just add a little more weight to something that didn't need weight i didn't really need to know why she was called trenton but this was the best reason at the best possible time to tell us that absolutely um so also just a little thing is the kids saying what you'd do if he was president and he's like oh force people to like me everyone would have pop tarts for dinner uh, noble, noble goals, may I add. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, so you'd be a dictator?" He's like, "What's a dictator?" He's like, "It's a really shitty president." <laughs> 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 oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Uh, so they go back home to her, the kid's place, and they go up the stairs, and the kid just pulls out a set of keys and goes in. <laughs> and I, I just started laughing so hard, like uh, Elliot's face. But again, I actually read a bit, little bit here thematically the idea that. He had access to get back in the whole time, just like Elliot did. He just needed yeah. to—he just needed to find it in his pocket, essentially. I mean, the kid knew it was there, obviously, but uh, from Elliot's perspective, he just had to find the will to actually go back in. Yeah, and and you know, you mentioned how when when Elliot had that admission, and you know, mm. like, oh, the kid didn't really know. I mean, the kid knew enough that it's like, no, no, he 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 needs me to stick around, like you know, he need because the kid could have just gone in, gone home. But I think the kid was like, no, no, this guy, he's seen the pills. He's like, you're sick. And enough that he's like, okay, maybe I should stick around. Hmm. I wouldn't read it like that. No? No, I I, I think it's maybe a bit much to assume the kid actually is consciously not, doing this. Not, not to that extent of like, oh, yo, he's going to kill himself if I don't. But more the idea of just, hey, he looks like he'd use a friend. Okay, okay, you're sort of hitting more where I'd go with that. I, I think I would view it more as the kid just likes Elliot because Elliot's the, a he treats him like a person, unlike everyone else probably does right now, um, and actually gives him the time of day. Even his parents aren't doing that. But I like it more from the perspective that he just likes Elliot, and he's like, "Hey, like, am I going to see you again?" Uh, and he's like, oh, "I'll take you to see the Martian uh, before you have to leave." And it's just a very sweet moment. And he's like, "Hey, wait a minute, I'll, I'll go get you something." And Elliot crying while the kid's away. This idea that the kid wants to see him again, and the moment Elliot says, "Yeah, I'll I'll see you again," that, that that's the moment where he decided he's not killing himself because yeah. he realised he can't. Because someone, someone, he he made this kid's life better. He made his day better. That's it. He, he, you know, all the all the lies they told this episode to you know Darlene, yeah. you know, the guy we gave the dog to, 
and you know with the in- fully intending to break all of those promises of so, yeah. all those things that he said he'll do it's like yeah yeah but he can't do that to the kid no uh there's was some saying no i i i'll see you again i will take you to see that dumb movie uh, of course the kid's like oh yeah i mean matt damon's great like, <laughs> like sure kid wrong. sure kid <laughs> yeah, whatever um but like just him break it like when the kid goes to get the uh what t- eventually turns out to be a lollipop uh elliot just breaking down might be the most emotionally vulnerable we've ever seen him in this show yeah and that's saying something that is really saying something but i really felt this this kind of like just just this this realization that i don't want to kill myself i can't kill myself that 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 moment like you yeah. feel it again it's the acting it, it, it's, it's the writing it's the music it's, as well yeah as i see all the, the different emotions is the 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 relief of going okay i'm not going to kill myself Mm. But then, kind of the the horror of I still have to get through all this shit before I get to the good stuff afterwards. Oh sure, yeah. I I don't think he's really necessarily processing that too much at this moment. No, I feel like this moment is purely just I can't do this. Like this, no, this this is not what's no. happening. Like, I think this is just purely that choice. Uh, or maybe in a broader sense, this idea of finding some hope again. Because, and I think again, really in it back to the start of the episode and him and his father. This idea that he realised what his dad was trying to do the entire time, perhaps. That he realised what his dad was trying to do for him when he was a kid. Yeah, uh, and, and, I, and again, like the idea that he, he has become his dad well, at this he, point. He is, but what I like about it is it's not that simple, because he's still him. Like, he's not... Because when I said earlier on, it's like, he's still the one who doesn't want to go to the movies, he's still being himself. He's still the same as he was as a kid. But yeah. it's, that, it's this weird thing where he still has to kind of do the father part as well. And it's like... like it's kind of saying that, yeah, he kind of has to go into that role, but he's still himself. He's not just going to become who his dad was. And it, it actually makes it more complex than it ever usually yeah. is. Yeah. Usually with these things, it's like, oh, no, they become their father, they become their mother, you know, they become their parents. Uh, whereas this is saying, no, no, he's still him. He's still going to do it his way in his own unique way. But he's going to do what his father would have done. Yeah, or at least what his father was trying to do, uh, yeah. at the very least. And uh, I, I think that's a. It all this adds up for this beautiful moment of him crying and like kind of realizing this to an extent. And obviously throughout the episode, he's constantly referring to it as a uh, that moment when it's like, are you sure you want to delete this on a computer? <laughs> it's like, yeah. are you sure that whole episode? This this entire episode is that dialogue box. It's that box saying, are you sure you want to delete this? And he's mulling it over. And maybe even click Jess, but you can still go to the recycling bin and restore it. You can still do that. Yeah, you can. And he mentions that as well at one point. He's like, you know, yeah, even if you delete it, you can you can restore it in, in, in some ways. Yeah, not everything is deleted permanently, I think is the, yeah. the phrase he specifically uses later on. But no, fantastic moment. And just the idea that kid comes back and gives him the lollipop and says, oh, because you said you were sick. He cares. Someone cares about him who doesn't need to care about him. Uh, he reached out and someone reached back. And... It's kind of like he, he would never have reached out because Darlene was ha- you know was trying to reach out to him, but he was not willing to receive that. But because this kid was part of the the, the guilt with Trenton, he had to accept it. And by forcing him to accept it, he was then able to receive the the, the hope and the the good and the joy and everything that comes with it. And it kind of like forced them into actually kind of rebooting almost, if you will. Yeah, that that's kind of a good way of putting it. Also, a small touch just to sort of add that again back into him and his dad. His dad was sick. Yeah. Yeah, just obviously. Exactly. I mean, Elliot is sick, just not, not more in the mental. Same yeah. Physical way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, and just the idea that he didn't do that for his dad, where he gave him the, you know, just symbolically, that he never gave a lollipop back to his dad. He he was cold. He, you know, so. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, so so he, he he's walking back. He actually goes back to Mobley's brother. And this is how we know that he's Elliot again, that he's got his mojo back, because he's like season one Elliot, where he's like, no, I hacked you, and uh, you're going to give your brother a good funeral, you're going to write a good eulogy, or some of those people, those dodgy clients you've got in your, 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 you know, accounting business, like, you know, the FBI is going to hear about this, and, you know, here, here, here's a bag of uh, morphine, that'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was, he, he, obviously when, when he was with the drug dealer, he was like, all right, how did you, you, you know, how do we know each other? And you go, yeah, referral through a friend. Yeah. And he actually says here that it was he got it from one of the one of the emails. He was one of the the clients with Mobley's yeah. brother. Which like, was actually, yeah, sell, it, sell it back to him. Which was actually nicely teased because the the, the drug dealer said, "Oh, how how did we meet again? How do you know yeah. me?" Like you know, it was actually kind of teased. Like how did he actually know him? And actually, you know, paid off by the end of the episode. Uh, I also I loved it at the end as he's walking away. He says, "I'll be I'll be listening to the eulogy from the back," and he puts his hood up. It's like that, which may I don't know if it's the first time he puts his hood up in the episode, but it might be. Yeah, I don't. Uh, he might have had it up, but we definitely didn't see him pull it up. I yeah. don't think he might have just had it up at some point. It, it felt like that superhero moment where he's putting his cape back on, almost. It did. It did. Not the only moment with the hood. I'm going to touch on. We've got that coming up. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um. So yeah. Uh. In fact, I actually, I just noted as well when he said, "I'll be in the back listening." I actually just put after that, like always. Because that's what he does. He listens from afar. He he hacks people. He looks into things. The idea that he's back, like he is going to be paying attention again. Yeah, and again, this is this is very much the very first thing we ever saw Elliot do was one of these yeah. moments, and it's like, no, no, this is the Elliot we know. He's back, like you said. Yeah, uh, some really good synth music was playing during this, and it transitions into the next uh, uh, sort of where he's walking to next, which turns out to be Angela's place. Uh, which may be a different place than before. It seemed like a different building to me. Just, just from just from the lighting, but maybe that's just a I trick don't know. Of the I think it, maybe it's just the red lights. Yeah, red light in the hall. Hers is sort of uh, well, it's dark. not dark light, but it's just, it's white light, but it's uh, just a really dark hallway. It's all black. Yeah, yeah. It, it almost feels like she's backstage, like like a you know a, a theater or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that kind of yeah, all black kind of look to it to me. Uh, like you're backstage somewhere, but anyway. Um, First of all, I want to uh, just... First of all, despite everything we've had for the rest of the episode, this scene beats it all. It does. It does. So that's first of all. Secondly, I want to say part of the reason why it beats it all. Now, I'm not I'm not sure. I actually asked Sam Esmail on Twitter. He didn't get back to me. I'm a little bit hurt. I'm not going to lie. But uh, I think this is a giant homage to the ending of a fantastic film that I love called Paris, Texas. Uh, I won't say any more. I don't want to spoil that movie. But let's just say there's a very similar scene. Uh, that plays out, uh, at least in terms of style. In that okay. Movie. Uh, I haven't seen it. I know you rave about it all the time. Oh, dude, it's a 10. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah you said, it's been on my list to, to get to for a long time because you kept going on about it and I was like, fine, I'll put it on the list. Just... I think that'll be going on that influx list, the to-do list. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. So I can talk but, about before it. Before we even uh, get to what, what's actually in the scene, just a, a touch on you know the the idea that all this room's in red. We spoke a lot about that in Twin Peaks, about how you know, mm-hmm. red was such a leading colour. It was a, I, I a, think, a, a, a colour of truth. Yeah, I think... Yeah, truth. It also obviously stands for danger a lot of the time, and I think it's really interesting that Elliot's in the red, even though we've just seen him... It is, it is but I think in this specific moment, yeah. it's the truth, because you know this scene here is about you know being honest, and also early on, you know, uh, you mentioned the the woman's shoes were what it was his realization of the mosque. They were, they were also red. red. Well, okay, yeah, that's also very Twin Peaks. It was red shoes. 
Um, this is why I picked up on it at the time. <laughs> so some of that leftover Twin Peaks uh, detective skills it's, it's, coming. I, I just I just see red, and I, I'm just I'm just focusing in on it now. I can't help it. <laughs> so yeah, so it's just actually that's the thing. We actually get this shot where obviously uh, we see both sides of the door at the same time, and we see the, the different colours. You know, red on one side, white on the other, uh, and. Angela's not talking. She's silent. She like we said she was broken last week. She's still broken, but she's she's obviously evolved to a different stage of being broken, where she is just like a, a cat almost not catatonic, but like just almost like Elliot, where he's just a blank stare and just emotional and just just lost in the in the grief. Yeah. Um and I didn't notice as well she had about ten locks on her door. Uh she's clearly bulked he's up her security. Paranoid. Yeah. Yeah. And Elliot knocks, he he like says, Hey Angela, I need to talk to you, whatever. And he actually, he walks away, but then he stops, and he makes the choice not to give up, that he's going to go back and talk to her anyway. I mean, whether he knows or not, at least hoping that she's there. Yeah. Can he sense it? Maybe he can, but, like, he's like he's going to go back and talk to her. Uh, and he slides down the door and starts talking about something from their childhood, which is where the song starts to kick in. Uh, Robbie Rob, I believe the artist is, it's called In Time. I know this because I liked it enough that I went and listened to it a few times uh, since watching this episode. Pretty good song. Funnily enough, uh, this was also a song from a movie. Uh, not Back to the Future, because I'd, I'd know if it was Back to the Future. Yep. Uh, but another time travel movie. Oh? Yeah, Bill and Ted's... Uh, well, uh, one okay. of those. I don't know which one it was, but yeah, one yeah. of those two. Uh, which is also about going to the past to save the future, or something to that effect. I've never, seen, I've never seen Bill and Ted. I know, weird. I've never seen a movie like that. Uh, I've, I, I, I know what it is, just never watched it. Yeah, it's normal for you to not, not seen like a, a popular movie. Shut up. <laughs> so I've seen Back to the Future. Will you shut up? So, <laughs> uh, you saw it when you were in your 20s. Yeah, I didn't watch the second one either. <laughs> so when this came I, up in the episode, you hadn't even seen that, that scene before? No. I watched the first one. I was like, that's pretty good. Felt no need to, to go and watch. I bought the box set, you know, when I was going to watch them. So they sat there on the shelf behind me. And then I just was like, yeah, that's pretty good. Didn't didn't feel any need to go and watch the second one immediately. That was a couple of years ago. You are the absolute worst. Oh, it's one of the best trilogies. Okay. <laughs> so he, he's sitting down and she, she does this kind of same thing where she slides down the door and she's also got her back to the door sitting down eventually mm. so they're back to back and all sides of the door and throughout the entire scene before I even say what he's, he's actually saying uh, just again great acting on her part here as well where she's just slowly getting more emotional throughout the scene um, very very strong stuff I, I was really kind of again feeling it and it was, I was feeling that he was kind of making a bit of a breakthrough as he was talking a little bit because yeah. uh, she does eventually say something um, but he talks about this wishing game they used to have, where when they were kids, they, they'd wish for things, and he's like, oh, I'd wish for a better computer, faster internet, she'd wish for better clothes, they'd wish for bigger rooms, they wish she could drive, go on road trips, do all this kind of thing, and he, he said how, okay, it never come true, but one of the things we used to try to make them come true is we'd close our, close our eyes, uh, and we'd do it, you know, we thought the longer and the harder we shut our eyes... The, the, the more likely the wish would come true. And all I could think was, well, that was basically what she was kind of doing, just in a, a larger sense. Like, she, she was wishing for this thing to happen where she'd get her parents back through, you know, whether she was promised time travel or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, she, she, she was wishing for this thing and she, she was so determined for it that she ignored every single warning that she was about to be, like, 
Yeah, again, a part of killing her, someone. She had her eyes shut. Yeah, she had her eyes shut. She she did not see all these people dying coming because she was kind of letting herself be ignorant to it. But again, metaphorically, yeah. shutting her eyes. Um, and she sh- she shut them for a long time because she wanted to believe it was going to happen. Uh, and he's like, "Hey, like," but I I realized later on that it didn't really matter that it never came true. It was all about the wishing. That was the best part. I never understood that back then, but I do now. Um, and you know, at this point, she's getting proper blubbery in the other side. She's like crying, she tears. She's kind of got to get an idea of where this is going as well. You, yeah. You know, what what comes up is something that she would know. Of course, she knows yeah. the story. And she, do you know what you used to say to me when our eyes were shut? What you'd say when we had our eyes shut, uh, like every time, to, just to, to reassure me. And that's when she would she actually says it. And I'm actually really glad this was in the previously on because she said this to herself last week. Yeah. She said it when she was rewinding the t- the, the footage. Uh, yeah. Where she, she basically says, no matter what happens, everything will be okay. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. Like, I mean, that moment last week was great on its own anyway. It worked. Yeah, as when, its when own she thing. was saying it to Darlene, it was like, oh, man. But now it's got all this extra like back because it means so. This is like something she used to as a kid, and it's just this idea that I mean, maybe she's got it in a different way. But again, just like Elliot, she's still trapped in her, her sort of her kid's body or her head. Yeah, like, yeah, she's still that, trapped that in childhood, there. Uh, that moment of you know who she was then is still clearly impacting who she is now. You know, it's the the past affecting the future. Yeah, um, so no, like the idea that that's how she was manipulated with the, the girl who looked like her slash maybe it was her from the past you know just to go with crazy theories yeah. but uh the idea that's how she was manipulated it was like hey remember you used to wish for things and she actually was tricked by hoping she she was tricked into this by hoping for things and that's what elliot's just got back so he's trying to convince you know he's, he's here like hey everything will be okay yeah. um he he's found hope so he wants to do it for her and obviously this is a big turn from the start of the episode when he was like, i don't care how she feels He's here to try and help. He under, It's like he understands finally that she's basically going through the exact same thing he goes through. Yeah, exactly. And I love how, you know, this is Elliot being the, the most honest he's ever been, I think. Mm. And uh, it really shows in the, the, the hood. You know, you mentioned how at the end of the previous scene he puts it up and it's like, okay, he's back. He's Elliot. And that's almost why I, I keep saying he's going to assemble the, uh, the hacking Avengers. I almost feel like next episode is when he's going to start that journey. Right. But here's the, the, the great thing here is, you know, when he comes up to the door, he knocks on it, he tries to talk mm. to it, he's still got the hood up, he walks away, he comes back, he slumps down on the door, and before he starts talking about the wish, that's when he takes his hood down. It's like, yeah. no, no, this is the real me talking now. Yeah, because he's not the hacker who's tricking someone, he's not the hacker who's confronting them with harsh truth. He's, no, 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 this is just me and you. This was before yeah. I ever, like, had the hood. And, and I like up. the idea that they're both on the floor because they're, you know, literally they're shorter. They're like when they were kids. Yeah, there you go. And again, they're both equals. They're identical on either side because they've both went through essentially the same thing. Again, yeah. their psyches both handled it in very different ways, but they're both broken by the same thing and they're both kind of still broken by it now. Yeah. Phenomenal character work. It really is. <laughs> and it's a phenomenal scene. Uh, it, it's, it's just the idea that he has better, he found some hope and he's trying to, he's trying to pass it on to her. Um, and... I, I almost I'm almost like excited by how terrifying Angela might be if she finds her strength and wants revenge. Like Yeah. 
See, I, I can't wait for that. But what I also want to do is I want to see her, her guilt at not not what she's done in general, but her guilt at specifically manipulating Elliot. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I mean I, I I we we're seeing now the effects of her guilt of you know the the, the bombings in general. That's been you know some very powerful stuff clearly because it's led to moments like this. But I want to see how she talks to Elliot about you know, what, you know the, this confrontation almost of what what we did what she did uh, and used him yeah I, I can almost see it just been one scene like you know maybe it won't come up for a while yeah. because they'll be so focused on whatever's going on and I can see like him mentioning Mr. Robot for some reason or something and she's like and that like triggers her to like oh I need to bring this up I need to yeah she needs to you know apologize get it off her conscience or it could be low and drawn out for all I know but I mean who's to, who's to guess at this point but I, I can almost see it being that one great moment of like Hey, I kind of like yeah, that was bad. I, I messed up. Can, can can you forgive me? And maybe that's when Elliot will finally say yes, I can forgive you. Yeah, that would be a nice yeah. touch. Uh, I don't know. Uh, just to compare it to his dad. Uh, but no, fantastic scene. You know, there's the songs playing this happy, upbeat song about you know the, the lyrics of the song are literally in in time. Everything will be all right. Uh, mm. In time, we'll be dancing in the street all night. You know, that's the that's the chorus. <laughs> so, uh, so very hopeful. Uh, he's walking back home. Uh, this van pulls up and throws like trash out in front. I actually thought there was going to be Dark Army coming out and capturing him. I was expecting that really. Yeah, the way when the van it stops right in front of him and opens the door, I mean, I'm almost half expecting like, someone with guns just sitting yeah. there at that shot. It was funny because obviously they throw this trash out onto the side, sidewalk, and I almost thought, okay, right, so they're just dumping stuff. Um, but then of course his jacket's there, so I'm like, okay, were they intentionally putting that back where he is? Or is this just fate that they dumped this because it was no good and it just happened to be in front of Elliot's house? Yeah, see, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to believe the former because why stop that? You know, if you want to just dump stuff, you do it where there's no one else around. Like, yeah. We see the street, it's empty. They stop where he is. I, I guess the question is why specifically want to go back to him? That That is a good question. Who are these people that go, no, no, he needs that. We're giving it back to him. Yeah. How do they know who he is? After they even do know who he is. Maybe it's just a case of yeah, we're giving it back to him because he gave us it and we want rid of it. I don't know. Right. But then, <laughs> but how do they know where to find him to give it back to him? Because he he went up to them. Well, which is why I think fate's maybe. No, no, that's fair. Maybe the thing is it's just, it's just all just happenstance that it comes back to him. Because like, um, that's the one thing that maybe was potentially uh, you know irreversible for what he did this episode was that he get rid of that jacket. Yeah, he put it there to be burned. Yeah, but it somehow showed back up. And he goes back in, he, he puts up his new mirror, because we actually saw he had it earlier on, we saw it in the box, and he actually puts it up, he replaces his mirror with a nice new one, all fixed, and... Psyche is better. Yes, <laughs> and... Psyche, yeah, Psyche is better. But then just to show that he is rebuilding himself, that he is back, he is who he is, and I never thought we'd get a, such a dramatic, like emotionally fulfilling scene in a TV show where someone is building a computer... But sure enough, for Elliot, that means something. He's put, you know, the RAM's going in, RAM sticks are out, hard drive, motherboard, he's yeah. like taking it all out. This, this is the, no, no, I'm back, I'm doing it. Like you said, we, the, the start of the episode was, let's get rid of this computer. And usually yeah. we just see him get another one out straight away when that happens. Also, he's prepared. I, I love that he has supply, like just motherboards and RAM sticks and hard drives, just yeah. and he's covered, he's just closet, just full well, of them. Well, because, you know, when, when Darlene asks him, why did you do that? He just says, oh, it's routine. And to a point, it is because you know we know he does this whenever he has to, and that's why he has this supply. So yeah. it was it was one of those believable lies. Yeah, but we we knew he was lying, but yeah, like it was yeah. passable. Uh, so yeah, he puts everything back together. The song's still playing; it's really upbeat, and he sets up his his secure email. He's like, "All right, okay, put it to the secure thing." 
and it comes up and he's got an email and I went oh wait a minute and yeah. you just see it says Trenton with the you know the numbers instead of the the, the bills. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit! That's... I, I love the the subject line. Don't yeah, please don't delete. Yeah. Or don't delete me, whatever the phrase don't, was. Don't, don't, I think it was don't delete me. Yeah. And it was just like ah, oh. after all this, you know, he tried yeah. all episode to delete and and you know and, and we also we forgot to mention in this montage you know of him building the we see he's got the dog back. Yeah, he's got the dog he's back. Got, yeah. He's got him. He's got him picked up the dog. It's like no, no, he's he's really you know committed to this now. And. He sees this email, and just this idea of, like, she has been deleted, but something of her still lives on. Before we even get to what's in the email, just the idea that, don't delete me, don't delete my memory, because I can still mean something. I can still be a, a, you know, my legacy can still mean something. Uh, And then he opens it, and the first line is, I think I found a way to undo the hack. Yeah, I, I didn't. Ca- I'm sure someone on Reddit got a screenshot. I, I saw, I a, lot saw a, seemed, a lot of it seemed really blurred because obviously it focused on the first line. No, I saw I saw the screenshot of the full thing. Uh, it was a lot of details about how Mobley set up back channel things and back directs. Yeah. I mean, I, I could get it up and look at it, but I feel I'll, honestly, I'll go read it at some point. I feel like I want to read it just because I yeah. want to see what it was. But I I glanced at the full thing. I read through it. It was mostly just sort of computer jargon that I, like I I, I, I don't have much to add about it, but. Um, but it was like, no, here's something that we, you know, and Mobley was involved as well, just to bring that up from the, the full screenshot, Mobley was involved in whatever this thing was. Maybe he didn't realise that he was, like, build, you know, building a, re- a way to reverse it necessarily, but uh, maybe he even said that in the email, I can't remember. But, you know, it was something Mobley did that he, she's using to say, hey, maybe, like, we can restore everything. Um, and I, if I'm going to be cynical here just for a little bit, I'm not sure exactly what that accomplishes at this point. No. I mean, I, I guess it's it's this idea of a, of a backup, isn't it? Mm. This 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 failsafe plan of like, okay, no, there's always something we can do. Even even when you delete something, there's always there's always a way back. I mean, to go back to the start of this episode, well, where yeah, he even when he destroys the computer, before he does that, he still backs up their their folders on this, onto yeah. the disk. No, but what what I mean is, what good does bringing all the data from eCart back now? Now that they've got right. eCoin, now that they've transitioned anyway, now that Philip's already I mean, out. I wonder if when you know when she's talking about oh we can undo the hack, she doesn't mean literally just put the data back. She mm. means we can undo the effects of the hack. Hmm. Okay. I, I'm just. I'm just. I'm. I'm not entirely sure what that achieves exactly right now in this. In yeah. this world, yeah. uh, uh, like, does it point out some of the other wrongdoings, perhaps, because yeah, people yeah. can then look at things and say, hey, wait a minute, um, d- d- or whatever. I don't know. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. I mean, I imagine it'll, at the very least it'll piss off White Rose. I have to oh, imagine yeah. that much at the very least. Yeah, I think it's interesting how last week when she mentioned, oh, she'll send the email out to someone she trusts. We we kind of discounted Elliot because we were like, oh, he already knows about all the, the their involvement and everything. But now we see, oh no, there's more. It's not just about their involvement and the truth. It was about a way to fix things. Yeah, uh, which I mean. I'm, Arguably, like if he gives that to Dom, like is that you know is that like just confirming to her that yeah that this was bullshit, this story where she, you know she was meant to be a terrorist this is just bullshit. And and this is one of the few reasons I can see Elliot actually going to the FBI to clear their name, going like you know like because usually he'd be Ooh. like we know he sends stuff in anonymously anyway because he he's, he's mentioned it in the past that he's willing to do that or I can't remember if he has he actually has but I'm, I feel like he might have done. He's definitely tipped them off of things before anyway. Yeah. And uh, the idea of here he might go through darling to dogs like no no I, you know this is one that you know we've at least had some contact with it's not just the general fbi yeah. that we can't trust and it's like no 
I don't want to do this to you know, fix things necessarily. I just want to make sure it clears their name. This is enough to clear their name. Yeah, no, yeah, that could be the ultimate goal, uh, which would ruin the the plan, the cover up, and then all of a sudden, investigation back open. Yeah, like well, you know, where do we go from there? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I suppose you could also argue that so many like savings and stuff were apparently lost in the the, the five nine hack that maybe putting all that data back puts almost everything back into chaos because now all of a sudden you've got all this new data with all the old yeah, data. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's the thing that. That that would it would restore, you know, a lot of it would. Okay, so they'd have all their money back. They'd have their property deeds. We wouldn't really need eCoin to come in and be this new secure thing and replace everything because we have everything how it should be. Yeah. I don't know. I suppose actually, because it was, it was it's the same year, right? Like five nine was this year. It was twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is about what four months. No. Five months. months. I know. I know. May, October, fifth month, tenth month. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm bad at months, and this beeping is getting on my nerves. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, can't... Well, actually, I said Tyrell was gone for six months, though, didn't he? Or was it five months? Maybe it was five months. Maybe I'm just I'm putting six in my head. I don't know. Hey, whatever. Is this the, is the, the, give or take six months. Yeah, let's not let's not uh, dwell yeah. uh, on that. But no, fantastic episode. Obviously, we, we cut to like because the, the very last line of the episode is he sees this email, he sees that thing, and Elliot's final line is, "Oh, maybe there's still more stuff, something else for me to do. There's still reason for me to be around. It's just this final thing, and then you know the, the happy song kind of plays out through the credits, uh, which is easily the most uplifting and upbeat moment we've had." Uh, yeah, all season. It, it's kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not used to this. Um, no, I'm, I'm used to ending on the gut punch and just going away, going, "Oh, I'm sad now." I, I guess if I was to maybe predict the the sort of the show right now in terms of what the the direction changes, is that this is the point where Elliot stops being on the defense and starts being on the offense. Yeah, no, I see. What you mean, it's like he's going after them. He's got information. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's acting may- like he's trying now. I mean, maybe he's not quite at the point where he wants to hunt White Rose or to destroy the Dark Army, but at the very least, now it's about trying to do something, uh, as opposed to just trying to stop what they'd already planned. Yeah, because up to this point, he's been so he was on the offense in season one in the sense that he was the he was the underdog taking on the the big corporation. Yeah, and then season two, now you know the, the, this idea of. Okay, there was this hack, and I'm I'm fighting back. I'm yeah. stopping this. And you and you were a puppet in this greater evil's plan the entire time. Yeah. yeah. And now here it's like you know taking control of his own life and going, no, no, I can do something. I can, I can do something good again, rather than just try and prevent things. And there you go. That's episode eight of season three. Uh, so hopefully everyone enjoys that conversation. You had to wait a little bit extra to to get to it. Uh, that should not be a problem next week. We should be back to our usual sort of Thursday night sometime slot that we, we typically hit. Uh, so, no, uh, let us know what you thought of the episode and the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. Uh, you can do that over there. Uh, there'll be a link to that in the corner of the video. There'll be a link to that in the description. And that is, that is us. So... <laughs> so uh, honestly, like when we get to the end of the year, you know, I mean, hell, in a few weeks' time, when we're doing our, our our best shows of the year video, like 
the fight between this and Twin Peaks is going to be like that's going to be tough. And the real uh, what also is going to be tough is the episode because obviously we limit it to one per show. Yeah, we have to pick which one. Kind of like how the like the what we said earlier for the Emmys, where the actor has to pick an episode to submit. We pick just one episode from a show to be that. We, we try and be fair so that well, not it's it's not all one show. Yeah, yeah. So so that it's not just the same two or three shows in the entire top ten for best episode. It's just you know ten different episodes from different shows. Uh, did we do ten? Yeah, we did ten last year. Okay, I thought we did five, but it was a year ago. What do I know? I think we did ten. Oh, no, we did do ten. We did do ten. There's a whole video on its own. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I remember now. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, we're getting close to that time of year. We'll be doing that soon. It is. Oh, we, need to, we need to be thinking about that. Over the Christmassy time. Uh, just a quick side note as well before we go. Uh, one of the, the effects that happened because of our, our unexpected extra delay... Uh, in less time to record, is there was no news this week. I may have mentioned it at the start, but I'm just going to re, re, yeah. re, re, re uh, thing it now. Reiterate. Thank you. Uh, I thought it was late. Uh, uh, all the news that was going to be on this week is just rolling into next week, so it's not going to be a news video for this week. It's just going to be a big episode next week. Uh, if you if you look forward to those episodes, but anyway, uh, that is us. So thank you once again for watching. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla?